everyone, listen to me. We've all been deceived. We need to calmly head towards the exit. Welcome to the Banana Bread and Circus Republic with Crispy and Tono. Your hosts for the end of the world or whatever we're looking at. We're looking at the reset. Yeah, it's uh, we're gonna be fine, ladies and gentlemen. So strap in and join us to recalibrate the soul as we explore the ether and ethics of our evolution. In the space between spaces, there's an intelligence that guides our values and our judgments, which determines who we are, what we're doing, and where we're going. Follow your nose and think for yourself. You want to hop on this train? Let's a choo-choo. You can't stop the rape train. Who said that? Well, this this is already demonetized. Let's start over. Cockle-doodle-doo, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> How's everybody doing this evening? How are you doing, sir? Happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day to you, too. We uh We seem to do some... Pretty decent recordings on, you know, holiday weekends or otherwise holidays. We did a great St. Patty's, you know, and yeah, somehow it was it was warm enough to do it outside, and we're just discovering that a lot of our best recording happens outside. So. <clears throat> Closer to nature, closer to the wind blowing in your face. I was just going to say, feeling the wind, like, there's nothing worse. Like, if you walk into somebody's house in the middle of the summer, and there's a nice breeze going on, and it's miserably hot out outside, and it's miserably hot out inside, they don't have AC, and they got their windows closed, it's like, those people are psychotic. Yeah, it's a sad thing to see people inside on such a beautiful day. Or at least not appreciating the breeze. Yeah. Open up your fucking windows, let some fresh air in. It won't kill you. Chances are you might actually, you know. God damn it, people. Come Which on. Today, I, I decided to try and. Uh, mimic having an actual like outdoor shower today, yeah. which my brother, of course, if you're listening, Benji, Benji, then you, yeah, mark this on your <laughs> your your advice list for people who want to have an outdoor shower is position that hose that can stay on. Get one of those hoses that basically just stays on. I mean, mine. It just you you flip a thing up. And if it's up, it's on. If it's down, it's it's off. As so long it's like, as it's full, right? Are you working from a bladder above you? No, but that would be cool. Well, I mean, that's I'm that's just working like, off of the the actual spigot. Outside. Okay, okay. You're yeah. just you're you're showering with a hose. Yeah, I'm it's just like, a hose. Yeah, no, I mean, I just I positioned it. That. Yeah, I just for whatever <laughs> reason today caught caught on to like 
I can hang this up somehow and just have a shower and a cold, nice, chillaxed fucking, not chillaxed. It was a shocker, but it was a good shock. And that's good for you, too. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. I'm not trying to. Chillaxed in the pun sense. Let's put it that way. Because it was chill relaxing but it was also a shocking chill oh sure yeah but like that's that's the beauty of this time of year that you know that's that's the beauty of like jumping into like a mountain stream in vermont you know in the middle of summer mm-hmm. like it air temperature is 85 90 but that water's still 55 because it never stops moving it never sits to warm up so, like, you jump in that shit and, like, like my wife says, it realigns your chakras and shit. Yeah, it can you know? put, you, put you in your place. And that's what, I, oh, need, yeah, that's yeah. what I really needed. But it's so good. Isn't that something that's been sort of lost upon us because of all Shock. The, the propaganda of spraying a hose at somebody? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, like, I mean. You can't do that? Any, what what well, are you talking about spraying a hose at somebody? Like, you can abuse somebody with a hose. ATF's coming for your hoses? <laughs> what are you talking about? No, no, like in, in films. Oh. It's it's just, that's why oh, I call it, pro- it's, it's propaganda. Fire hoses. Side. You're talking about fire hoses. Well, Well, yes. they used to sick dogs on them at the same time as the fire hoses. It's like, if you didn't subside to the <laughs> fire hoses, then you get the dog. Very good point. You know? Yeah, Like, Thank that's you. different, and we're... Not quite as tan as people were back then in that, you know, right. subjugation. But yeah, so I cross. I mean, <laughs> it can cross. But the the point is, it can cross the line pretty quickly. Because I had my I had my wife at one point spraying me because I ended up breaking the hook off of our fucking tree that I tried. That was my that was Plan A, and then she sprayed me after plan a but so that was beautiful because i didn't necessarily have a choice if i was getting sprayed or not so i had to like choose to opt out of where my comfort level was where i was going to let that threshold uh sort of take it over did you uh you okay there yeah 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 i was fixing (laughs) i was fixing the stand uh, yeah i know these chairs have are old dude i can fix that for you before i leave if you'd like yeah, but, uh, dude, fucking handiwork. I need it. I've, there's always two. One, two it's three. funny you mentioned that because I'm picturing your wife spraying you down. <laughs> and all I can think of is that scene from Tommy Boy where David Spade is spraying Chris I, Farley I mean, down it, it, and he's just. It was one of those. It was like Black Sheep or Tommy. Mania. Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> I feel like that was that Tommy Boy. Yeah. That was that oh, wasn't yes. Black Sheep, was it? No, Black no, Sheep. Black Sheep. No, because then he. Uh, no, because then he. Yeah, that's right. Because he said, "Did you eat paint chips when you were a kid?" That was Tommy Boy. That was that same Tommy scene. Boy. That's right. That was that same. That's scene. exactly yeah. Right before Good he starts call. spraying him down, he says, "Yeah, did you eat paint chips when you were a kid?" And he's right. like, <laughs> "Why?" Right. <laughs> yeah, man. Kudos to Chris Farley. So we we just did a comedy like. He should Top have been up five there. Recognition. If, if we'd done like I, multi-genre, if I know, we'd been I, set I, up for it. It was one of those heebie-jeebie moments where you hop off there and you're like, fuck, yeah. I meant to mention this oh, and yeah. I didn't get a chance to mention it. So it, ten, 10 names have popped in my head since then. I'm like, yeah, you know, we'll get back to it. 
Yeah. You know, like we'll, we'll definitely circle back. We to also, comedy we top. approached it two yeah. different ways too. And I think there was either miscommunication or either way, we call it kismet because it seemed to work out great because, you know, like we expanded the list, but it wasn't necessarily a concise list. Which I think we could we could pull that off. Oh shit! Yeah. Sorry, I was just making a note. And we've been talking about, you know, last time uh, we were talking about, you know, doing more, you know, favorites. So yeah, I, like, yeah, exactly. Because it's really all about just who's your favorite. I, like if I did, if I and I did, I checked in about every. I don't know. When I started to really fully appreciate comedy, you know, things like Billy Madison and Adam Sandler and I don't know, like what that influence looked like. You're right. I'll pause it. You're good. Sorry. In fact, that. no, you you reminded me of the fact that I need to put do not where did my phone go? Seriously. I was gonna say it was right up there. Dude, I still have not fixed the screen because I still am like, fuck the phones. Like, this fucker, like, I, I kind of wanted to leave its mark on it, because I was so pissed at it. Mine's either hacked or glitching. I'm like, kind of living in the fucking hell of trying to see the fucking screen. So I'm, like, making it not fun to look at. I'm, like, trying to reverse my brain from this madness of fucking information monster that's upon us. It's fucking nuts. Yeah. I'm, uh... It's relentless. Man, notification after notification, but then it's also like, even if you turn off notifications, they still find a fucking way around that. I'm considering just going back to a flip phone and a GPS. And yeah, I just thought about that too. Hammering the shit out of this one, and probably making love to the glass shards. I feel like, should that be our logo? <laughs> a smash screen a smash fucking <laughs> screen with like a banana like pierced through it or something oh those fucking things it, every day it just begs me to kill it well we need to start oh thinking about our logo we should yeah yeah no I'm I realize we're saying this on air but I'm hey, I'm gonna cut no, this, this out is, or leave it exclusive no. We're no cutting shit out. Come on. That's that's what makes this an inclusive, you know, format is that, you know, our thoughts are open. We're, you know, we might stick to a path any given episode. We might not. We might just ramble on. But, you know, like, if we, if we just edit out anything that, you know, we didn't, want to happen then yeah and it's... enjoying life's bounties at that ladies and gentlemen cockle doodle do this is banana bread circus and we are on our back deck on the back deck your back deck yeah our host our gracious host <laughs> no, Crispy. No. we're both the co-host and we're on the back deck enjoying the outdoors speaking of which the breeze and i forgot to take down the goddamn wind chimes so please forgive me if you hear this in the background for everybody out there that's uh that turns 
you know, audio learning into visual substantiation. This is all written in cursive. And thank you. Not Braille, except for those that need it. How do you sign your name? With my hand. There you go. Make sure you keep your written hand, ladies and gentlemen. Keep your written hand. No cursive. And if you don't know cursive, learn cursive. None None of this bionic fucking stuff that can do it better for you. Learn cursive because it is how your signature is done. And your signature is magic to each and every person. I would be interested in seeing a bionic signature for someone who had to use it in order to sign their name. That's different. You know, like, if you can't sign your fucking name, obviously, if you can't hold a pen or, you know. Yeah, because how does that work? That's like limbs way up in your bicep, depending on where the, uh, they had to make the, uh. Where where the cutoff is? Chances so chances are the the signature changes a little bit at that point. I'm guessing, you know. Yeah, I think unique, but I think unique, unique enough. But is it how much of it is based on the variability of the bionic aspects, or how much is it is ba- how much of it is based on what little humanness we have left? Once again, I'm gonna say you know like that's. It's user preference, right? Because, you know, like, one person might get very comfortable with it, but it still can't do certain articulations that they need or want it to. And so at a certain point, they, I'm guessing if they can, they can just lock it at a certain, you know, angle and kind of move their shoulder the way they need it. I don't know, you know, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. There's. You know, bionic versus cerebral, there's not many, you know, uh, you know, secondary limbs that have gone cerebral. You know, I know they're testing it, but I know, I know like some of the prosthetics out there, some of the, you know, like replacements for, you know, parts of limbs you know my brother-in-law retired as army special forces after 20 years and he knows guys that got like the bottoms of their legs blown off they got a replacement for it that goes up to the knee and they're like this is better than my other fucking leg you know like and you know if they could if it was an elective surgery they'd have it have their other one replaced. Mm. But, and they went back to fucking war, you know? Like, but there's still, like, the the cerebral kinetics involved between it. There's not much as far as linkage, as far as that's concerned. You know, like, we can't hook them up to nerves yet. Once we can do that, then it's a whole different game. That's when we go cyborg. Yeah, well, I think we we already have achieved that. It's only a select few who have actually gone through with it. But 
we have that technology now. We have the technology, but it's it's not main spread. It's not thankfully. Yeah, and it's not well tested either. Yeah, exactly. Because once you start going down that rabbit hole, basically there's no going back. You're you're gonna go in, or you're either in or you're out at that point. You got to ask yourself: Do you want to remain as human as you can? Or do you, yeah. are you willing to go cyborg or mm-hmm. transhuman? No. And transhuman. We've all kind of know, had a taste which of is it. cyborg. It, a perfect example is, I mean, the Amish. Because there are some Amish that... We're so much more transhuman than they are already. Yeah, but there are some that buy in, and then there are some that don't, and you can see the clear difference. Right. Well, you got, you got your Amish, and then you got your Mennonites. So is that the term like the, 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 the kind of in between they get Amish? the same belief, but like the Mennonites are allowed to use electricity. They're allowed to drive cars. All their cars have to be black, you know, and they can only use electricity so many hours a day. Like they they still put limitations on, you know, their their. Modern civilization connection. But. uh. You're Amish, you know, they've, there's no electricity. They're the ones that drive the carts and buggies and. Reminds me of, again, I think I've even mentioned it on the podcast before. Um, uh, Sex Drive, that movie with uh, Seth Green. I don't recall. Oh, okay. Speaking of comedy, ladies and gentlemen, check out the film Sex Drive because it's hilarious. I remember even watching though, it. Even though Seth Green was probably one of Epstein's little buddies. Yeah, I don't know much about that. But He's on the list. He's on multiple lists. Oh. Sadly. Yeah. We don't like lists, do we? Well, I mean, lists are one thing. Nobody on this podcast is ever going to ask you to show your papers. But that being said, if your papers have been shown and they've been shown to uh, make you seem foul, yeah, that's. Uh, we're not going to subsidize your behavior. We have a lot of free reign and free thinking. But that being said, not that much. So, cool it, pedos. Yeah, you never know when something like an advertisement or a scheme or a thing you like on any of the social medias is actually making the decision for you. But I will say, there's a fascinating video I saw today that my wife shared with me on TikTok. She handed me the iPad. She let it play. And it was this guy who just all his, pres- he just showed like the raw like aging of these bindings these rubber bands in this very specific formulation of a like a embryonic creature this thing was in like 3D form and it was a tie-dye shirt was it a creature or was it rubber bands <laughs> no it was just rubber bands but i'm just saying it it looked like this it cuz you saw the finished product and you're like whoa holy 
friggin' cow. How did you do that? Because it's so... They were braided and intertwined in yeah. a very intricate way, is that, what you're saying? That art of tie-dye, yeah. it was like, it was, honestly, it looked like a neuron cell. Well, yeah. Like, it looked, the way life it Life replicates life. Yeah. I, I, I mean, but it was brilliant. It, it was like, it was, it had like this Man Mandela, which even though I would question like the technical, like term Mandela, like I think I studied it at one point and it's basically in a very specific formula formulation, but what the fuck do I know? I just, I studied it briefly and this guy, the patterning though was beautiful because it was like the yin yang and then it had like it was almost it almost reminded me of alex gray like if alex gray knew how to tie-dye or just any of those alex gray tie-dye printmaking shirts honest to god this thing looked but it was tie-dyed it wasn't printed he'd be a great guest i think oh for sure i can't remember what his handle was but it was on tiktok anybody listening i'm sure you can look up tie-dyed dude who fucking he blew my mind i mean i was like whoa dude like you got some talent that is some serious talent. Like how how often do you have talent like that where it's so intricate, so attention to detail, and yet he's also just like, oh, by the way, I just came back from Oregon or whatever and decided to just reveal what this was. It's almost like you were witnessing an annual tasting on one of those YouTube mead-making episodes. It's like one to every 10 or 20,000 people that have both the eye for the detail and the the hand to be able to translate it to other people's eyes you know to be able to replicate what they see by what they draw you know whether it's by measurement or you know however the method you know it's it's few and far between it's an excellent uh segue into like the generational information that we were talking about earlier yeah, you want to get into that? Sure. All right. Why not? I mean, it's because it, you're right, though, because I think when you. When Every you generation's have, art gets better. So that's just yeah. proof. You I know, mean, like, what, look at the Michelangelo's of yesterday and the Alex Gray's of today and even beyond that. Like, how I many, would argue that some of the performers we have in our day and we, age are, we, are on that level. We have 14 year old kids that can replicate the great masters, you know? Yeah, how crazy is that? So that you, if that's not proof that the singularity is coming, then I don't know what is. Well, I mean, we have to define what the singularity is, and the singularity is here. The next singularity is AI. There's no doubt about that. And what, what if it's something what else? We, what we've created though is this culture that can almost rival AI for its start. You know, imagine if AI had started 200 years ago. If, you know, if everything else was the same 200 years ago, except we had computers. Which obviously would have changed. Hypothetically. If AI had started 200 years ago, after a certain real close relative point it would have nothing but itself to learn off of and we're creating multiple mm. AIs we're creating multiple yep. AIs in this age you know where they can learn off of each other 
just as easily as they can learn off of us. Yeah. Tell me about that. Dude, so Hidden Forces, big plug, who's covering a lot of what's coming around the corner for this thing, Hashgraph, that I brought up a few times, but only vaguely because I can only explain about it so much. I just know that's exactly it. It's they've figured out a formula for computers to communicate with other computers, but not even computers, like just little programs, programs, like literally sub programs. They've figured out how to buy, how to elevate and bypass hard, the hard drive, like Bitcoin claims to have done this and the cloud and you have Apple and all this stuff. And thank you. No one can actually crack the code until Lehman Baird did. And Lehman Baird is the, basically the, and it's only like a company of like six guys. It was crazy. At least Well, that's I, who it was started by. It's a much bigger, it's operated by more people. Well, they were going to, they, by the time I had learned of Hashgraph, they were already in negotiation with a bigger conglomerate. I mean, how, I mean, let's get real. Like, oh, you're, you're gonna, talking about Hashgraph. You're going to license you, this. You were talking about Hashgraph, tech- not Lehman Baird. Sorry. Well, Lehman Baird is just the, the inventor of it. The whole operation itself is a team of individuals who believe that this is the way forward in. You good there? Yep. Yep. Um, the way forward in terms of perhaps, yeah, the singularity or um, the freaking. I mean, we're getting. I don't even know what to call it at this point because I've just beaten that word to death. We're beyond it. We're in the midst of it right now, and most people aren't even fucking aware of it. The 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 fucking ai pro head head ai programmer at google quit his job because they wouldn't shut it down and now we're in the full absolute midst of the beginning of this oncoming next singularity like yeah and it's i don't want to feel like i'm resisting the change because the change is coming you should well i should but that feeling of resistance is almost a way of like that's like it's like fighting the current and to swim upstream only dead fish swim downstream well i guess that's where i i divert because i'm a taoist I'll just I'll go with nature. Go with as your long as nature is going to allow but, it. But this is one of those moments where you have to ask yourself, what is your nature? My and that's there's in in my opinion as a Taoist, my nature I, there's is no to difference. Not go with the flow. And my well, my nature is to not go with the flow, but to go with a flow that makes sense to me. Yes, you apply logic, but you know? at, at a certain point, nature has no logic. Nature is nature at a certain point. Yeah, nature and- does what it does. You you look at certain species, look at bees, for example. You know, like certain things they do defy our logic. Well, our logic, our artificial uh, right, logic, right? And, I think and so I, I still we can't think- we can't apply our logic to, you know, how the flow of nature actually has to happen because our logic is very subjective. Yeah. I I and that's where I would qualify that because if we inflict our 
anthropomorphic version of reality exactly. onto nature, exactly. then it won't work. And that's exactly. but that's but that's part of the problem. One yes. of the things I actually it's one a of the big part of the problem. Well, one of the talking points I had for today actually um, was just the fucking so it recent feelings of anger have come to light for me and i'm not really sure why i had like six nightmares <laughs> last night i don't even get into I that i had some crazy dreams last night too man but i, I yeah I'm not cutting you off Fucking Sorry. crazy dreams and we'll, well we'll we should talk about it but well we should talk about it i'm point, not gonna cut you off but the point is is yeah the um just there's like it almost feels like i mean there's like this cognitive dissonance with this generational information that's before us that's and, exactly what and it is. what i'm thinking is we just keep thinking we're smarter than the previous generation and try and reinvent the fucking wheel all the time like i had i had gotten into a goddamn argument with my wife over we're not the ones out. doing it though the intakers of the information are not the ones craving that it's the it's the pushers of the information that are doing it. So that being said, yeah, thank it's, you. It's not up to us. Yeah, we're we're subjected to. We're the we're right. We're all being, these yeah. Different. We're being fed the nectar, quote unquote. Right. But it's up to us to decide what of the nectar is. You know, we have to disseminate it. We have to decide what's nutritional and what isn't, and. That is what is proof that we are in an informational, a spiritual, a psychological war. Like, yeah. when our parents were our age, they could watch the news and trust it. And at a certain point through Reagan's presidency, he overturned, I forget what act it was, he overturned something some act some you know measure that basically before he touched that every news agency every news organization had to have two kind of like butting heads as hosts they couldn't just have one person and they had to have like basically you know discourse right there you know to give the nation you know both sides of the story and 82 or 83 came along and reagan overturned that whatever it was that y'all can look it up you got the fucking internet don't look at us don't be like oh you don't even know what it's called fuck you well, everyone has the right to their own opinion and their their comments. It's just like, I know sometimes I wish I could just, and I don't have, I'm not super embedded in that world at all. So I'm not really, I can't barely even talk myself, but like, I don't know. Part of me just wants to even just preemptively say, just take it easy because none of this is set in stone anyway. And at the end of the day, let's say, Nobody be lazy unless you've earned it. And, you know, you can call us lazy. You can call me lazy for not knowing exactly <laughs> the act that I'm fucking talking about. 
But at the end of the day, I'm going to call you lazy because you're not willing to look it up and you're just going to call me a charlatan when I'm the one fucking sitting here that you're listening to. You're so, a charlatan. You know, at the end of the day, we all have our own part to play. And we're here giving you tidbits. It's up to you to take those tidbits, bring them to where you feed you and yours, and figure out how to move on from there. There you go. That that That's so well said. Thank Let, you. Let's take I, a, I, I get, take a quick break. I get well spoken when I get angry. I like that. No, that's <laughs> that's good. Because that, that, that emphasizes part of what I'm saying, too, because nature is, it's, here's the thing, it's a transactional relationship with the environment. So what that means is you have to play ball, whether you like it or not, and a big part of what you just said is that you have to basically play the cards you're dealt, whether it's just on a day-to-day basis or a week-to-week basis, or even a, in a whatever, a 30-year career crisis basis. A lifetime, annual, whatever. Whatever that is, yeah. uh, you got to just play your cards that you're dealt and you just do it in a way that is at least, at the very least, kind. And like, that's that's my big Do thing. it as graciously as you can. Yeah, like, you don't, I don't, I don't necessarily, I criticize a lot and unfortunately my wife gets the worst of it. And oh, I'm like, yeah. I always find myself just like, what the fuck? Why am I even going there? Because it's like, it doesn't even matter. It, it's funny because like me and my wife are kind of similar, but maybe in like a slightly different sense where, you know, like she's she's really good at picking up on little things, but like grand scheme style, like giant scope, bad. So like she'll she'll start complaining about you know like oh blah, 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 blah. you know like why is you know why are why are the roads this bad I'm like well why are you know like pedophiles in charge of everything why are you know like <laughs> let's start from the top down dude there was a fucking I I woke up in the middle of the night thought a bomb went off. And it turned out there was like some we kind could of tractor be so trailer, lucky. dude. Tractor trailer <laughs> fucking like blew out on the fucking exit ramp up here, like right uh, above my head yeah. when I was sleeping. Uh, Shit was crazy, dude. I we, I thought I for real thought we were under attack. We could be so lucky. Yeah, hundred. I will agree. Over if ten times happened, over with that. If that we're happened, lucky as fuck. You're gonna be one of the first people now because you live right next to the interstate. So. Like the influx that will happen, the devastation that will happen, you will know. So just call and let me know, and we'll let you know we're gonna. Yeah, we'll we'll figure out. We're a, gonna boogie down. I've been wanting to mention this actually on air. Don't say boogie, just because of the Boogaloo Boys. We have no affiliation with the Boogaloo Boys. I don't think anybody has any affiliation with the Boogaloo Boys at this point. Except maybe the Boogaloo Boys, but I really wish they hadn't fucking taken Hawaiian shirts as their uniform because it fucked it up for the rest of us. Especially those of us who don't mind wearing them with, you know, like a plate carrier on top. 
So, thanks, assholes. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm on it. This one. Oh, it's okay. I'm actually I'm listening, but I'm also observing this fascinating little dance that these caterpillars are doing. It almost made me feel like I've seen so many right now that we're because we're just in that final like that finally that period of like extreme like growth. Oh no, no life is just starting to happen. Yeah, still, it's crazy. Man. No, no, for real. But no like, way. have you seen that movie? Uh, uh, I think it's like Evolution. What? Is that really the title? The one with David Duchovny. And, yeah. 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 And yeah, that guy Orlando Jones, I think, is, yep. is, yep. is he was, he one was of the a, other professors. Uh, he was a Mad TV uh, alumni, great on Mad TV. And then I had uh, Sean William Scott or whatever his name was from. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And a chick. Caw-caw, that actress. Caw-caw. <laughs> that, that other actor who that redhead who's that redhead again i don't remember the chick Fuck yeah i can't remember her name it was good enough comedy that you didn't need a love interest to be you know fascinated with it i do remember that yeah but in that movie they fucking they have organisms in that shit that mm. evolve within like microseconds and like they went from cellular to to multicellular within that's why you need within diff- like a twelve hour period. And that's why you need different calibers of of firearms. <laughs> <laughs> firearms. <laughs> Eventually, the firearms didn't even work on them. You need like new fucking crazy, like sure. E equals MC squared technology, which is where they went. But they fucking uh, no. But they failed because eventually they caught on to the periodic table and what wisdom it had to basically calculate the. Uh, opposite effect of what the symptoms were that they discovered that was effective against the the enemy and then they recognized what was against themselves so they rec- they they paused and re- thought that well this happens to us but one thing we know we know that it can have an equal and opposite effect to them in some degree right and they they took it to that extreme but what we know is that any biological life has a nervous system yeah, and it's gen- and it's and if you can target that nervous system and penetrate it, you can disrupt the life of that species. Yeah, for sure. So you can hack it like a hard drive. Hack it with a but, fucking 12, 12 gauge slug. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Yeah, no, for that's sure. what I'm talking about. You just oh, need yeah. to know where to aim. You know, like- well, definitely, definitely. Um, the interesting part about that though is like how quickly these beings were able to become resilient over the course of their lifespan so it's 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 the like holy shit they're they're evolving exponentially which is something we're not necessarily familiar with like that's that's some serious math our evolution we has can't been calculate if anything in fact let me let me you mind if i ask you a question <laughs> please so if you were given a penny today and I told you I was going to give you two pennies the next day, four pennies the following, eight pennies the next. You mean if I gave you one today, you were going to give me two tomorrow? And If if I were to tell you, okay, today I'm going to give you, this is just purely mathematical exercise, just a penny, a decimal of a unit of measure. A currency one, or whatever. one one hundredth of a dollar. Yeah. So just use pennies as as the, you know, 
the uh, barometer or whatever you want to call it. Or, yeah, U.S. dollars. If I were to give you a penny, and the next day I said I was going to double that, and then I was going to double that, and I was going to double that, and I was going to double that. So you're doubling it every day. Doubling it every day. You're not just adding one on. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, so yeah. this is an this that's is, that's massively exponential. At how that many point. exactly? How many? How how rich are you after thirty days? Thirty days. I mean, I'm shit at math, so I'm just guessing here. But uh, I'm gonna say twenty to thirty grand richer. You're a millionaire. Sure. In fact, you you have over a million by day thirty, but if you're you can slightly du- if un- you can double a penny every day, yeah, for thirty days. For thirty days, yeah, it's the power of compounding. It's exponential growth. It's math that calculus basically misses the mark on. And I was never, I never studied calculus, so I don't even know if I can make that claim. But so far as I know, we're linear beings. And we think in linear terms. So if I tell you that I, I'm going to compounding. Yeah. You, you like our brains just don't calculate in that sense. Yeah. Now, equally, equally important is this, again, this argument against the AI conversation, because our machines are only as smart as the individuals who can actually calculate them to begin with are. There's this argument about self, you know, referencing evolution where they will build on our mistakes and eventually, yes, lead to our demise that way too. Or, you know, we can just admit the fact that no, this is just who we are now. And we still have a long way to go because we have not applied our heart to what we're doing. Like, just be honest. Like, it's okay. If we wasted our time by not creating from our heart, it's okay. Like, that is totally okay. All we need to do is start doing that. Like, that's all I'm saying. Because once we start to create from the heart, as Bill Hicks said, as MJK will talk about, as Greg Braden is so, you know, he's a fierce advocate for things like heart math and heart intelligence. If we just started listening to people like that and just getting on board with creation from the heart, a lot of that stuff will become obsolete pretty quickly. And I'm doing the calculations right now, and it does look like that might add up. Yeah, I've done it myself because I actually heard the original um, spiel, this mathematical teaser. Um, on the movie, I think what it was, what was it? It was like it was with Mark Wahlberg, and it was like a doomsday doomsday movie. It was like The Happening or something like that, and it was right before that. Um, yeah, that dude in the car was about to. He realized that they were about to to die, and he asked them that question. So it was like a very. I, I saw it as a symbolic thing of like something that. A generation, so this guy was like 30 years older than the kids in the back seat, right? And it's, I think, almost an effort to like pass on this knowledge to the next generation. Because it's like, why would he say that in that moment? I'm doing it with a dollar, but after uh, 36 months, it's 
$33,554,432. Yeah, so a buck a day, you start doubling that, you're already like, you're way outside the rat race, let's put it that way. Problem is, how do you how do you double a buck a day? Yeah. Um, You just get really good at understanding the tax code and numbers and what you can do. Because Robert Kiyosaki has a whole curriculum on this. What you're gambling on. Well, he looks at it as a quadrant of different means of income. So people make their income through self-employed. They make it through just being an employee. They make it through being an investor. They make it through being a big business owner. So those are his four quadrants. And you're either on one side or the other when it comes to you're either an investor or a big businessman or you're an employee or a self-employed individual because you get taxed differently. Yep. So the tax code is written in favor of that other side of the quadrant. And he has a whole curriculum on this. And there's an, an, and to a degree, I don't see this as like a quote-unquote evil devil's work type deal because I think, I know, I know I'm going to get chastised for saying this, but I think that there's a lot of merit in not paying taxes. <laughs> I'm going to totally get chastised for saying that. I no. pay taxes. I pay fucking taxes. I'm a slave. We all pay taxes because we are all of that fucking ilk where we don't make enough to not pay taxes. Well, the thing is, is you have to get good at understanding the system so you know when it's okay not to pay taxes because some things out there are tax deferred. And you also have to make enough to make it worth hiring those accountants that can figure out how to get you out of the taxes in the first place. Yeah, or just learning it for yourself because I swear to God, I'm terrible at any kind of that shit, so I, I know the least. But yes, you're right. If you have a good lawyer, if you have a good attorney, if you have a good accountant, accountant, or even just a basic like bookkeeper in some cases, then well, yeah, you're your bookkeeper and your account. If you're making millions and millions and millions of dollars a year, you have all of those. Generally speaking, absolutely. We're, we're talking about yeah. From where we stand, we're talking about having one of those. That means we're poor. A whole team. Well, you do need a whole. You need a whole yes, team. Exactly. So you need a lawyer. Yeah. You need an accountant. You need a bookkeeper. Yeah. You need, and that bookkeeper probably has a whole team behind them. Right. So yes. And so chances are. Exactly. So does the lawyer. I want to yeah back backpedal a little bit and just basically say I would never claim that I would try and take that on myself as a individual because you got it you You'd do have insane. but the thing is is <laughs> we we recorded on the previous piece on uh the fact that i had so i had a fucking accountant that fucked me and my family over actually, even too. if you were a genius that never slept that would take it out of you you couldn't do that year after year so you'd you'd right. reach a point where you're like all right there's a reason I've made enough money. I'm going to pay somebody to do this. for Yeah, because there's a reason why you pay for qualified and good CPAs, right? Certified public accountants. You recognize the value in a peer reviewed process. So it's not just one guy you're dealing with. It's like you're dealing with a fucking receptionist. If there's any fault, it comes down to them and not you. That's the biggest reason why people fucking hire them. It's the biggest reason why they hire lawyers. It's the same fucking thing. 
Wait, say that again. If there's any fault involved, it comes down to the professional, not the client. They have insurance. They have... Right. They have a board that they have to answer to. And if they can't pass that board, they can't represent you. If they pass that board, they can represent you. But if they still fail in a case, and this goes for CPAs or lawyers, they don't get their fucking money. And it's on them. Right. You know? I mean, they're not, obviously, with lawyers, you know, if it's a criminal case, they're not the ones going to jail. That's not what I'm saying. No, but, I know I know what you're saying, though. It, it gives you extra uh, liability protection. Well, yeah. You in have, a lot of cases, yeah. Right. You know, you have a professional doing it for you. If, if it gets proven that there was a fuck-up and it was their fuck-up, at least you get a mistrial. So. Yeah, I tend to fucking freak out when I get, like, letters from, like, stuff that's saying, like, I owe this much in taxes. And it's like, whoa, hold the phone. No, I do not. There was a problem. I just, gotta be a I problem. just try and move as many times as I can in a short period of time. <laughs> so they can't find you. <laughs> yeah, they always do, though. Yeah. They have their Sons of bitches. Well, they're collecting all that data from those phones that we're so accustomed to. Speaking of which, where's my hammer? They can find you in a second. So I just, oh man, I yeah, got. Yeah, they might not want to though. It's it's getting out of hand too, because like I got a fucking drone for, as a gift, and everything's not only in Chinese, but it tells you, it prompts you to download all these sketchy apps. And it's like, oh my God, dude, how stupid could you be? Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. And I like went through like halfway through the process and I was like, wait, whoa, this is sketchy. What is it like a, you know, $80 drone? I don't know. Yeah. It was some knock, I don't want to call it a knockoff because it wasn't, no, it was a beautiful thing. Like if it worked and I could actually do it privately. Beautiful meaning like it was sculpted well, what, you know, like. Beautiful in that it's not it, programmed beautifully. <laughs> I have no idea how it's programmed at this point because I didn't even try it. If it's asking you in Chinese to give up certain information, then yeah, not that then no, thank you, no, thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Um, I've learned quite a few lessons along the way, and you really do got to be careful because it, it's so. They play at, the, they pull at your emotions. This is where, oh my God, dude, don't look up that movie. What the fuck? The dude's on stage literally telling his captive audience how to captivate a person who's drawn to be it advertising or a, anything that you want them to be drawn to and you I'm play at their heart. I'm surprised that Netflix put that movie out because of how well it's spelt out oh my god dude it's like brilliant the the brainwashing that's going off these days like like how well it's spelt out well you you noticed how how that works is exactly it's like god i hope i hope everything ends the way that movie did you know like (laughs) 
hope all I that's the, the irony of it. Here, here. All wanna, the rich people here, get off. <laughs> take a moment. Oh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Have a moment, folks. I will be that's, here all week. That's always Don't forget fun. to tip your waitresses and waitsmen. Whatever the fuck they're called. Yeah, tip, yeah I, like, I always tip. I, I They do a good job. Letting When they do a good job, I like to tip. Letting the surviving, like, five richest people off a fucking ship naked and then letting them just get ravaged by, like, this. Uh, that is about as good as this species is going to get. Well, it was a brilliant creation, I think. I would rather take my chances down here. And that's what they're expecting of us. Mm -hmm. Except, you know, they, they're they not expecting us to actually be aware of it when it happens. But for those of us that are, you know, maybe you can get, you know, one or two hundred miles further out of the blast zone if you have a little heads up. That's going to be a big deal. There you go. Yeah. Well, it's all about like bandwidth, right? I mean, bandwidth and what's coming in. If you can see, like I, I practice like, and, and I was going to bring this up. This is one of the things I wanted to bring up on the podcast. And that, that brings us back I, to I want to another start another thing that we were going to bring up, but go on. Sorry. Sweet. Can you, yeah, hold, let's hold that thought. Yeah. Yeah. The, fact that so when i was growing up i didn't necessarily have a knack for martial arts so i was the kid the weirdo in the corner fucking drawing on the walls while everyone else is doing the drills and the exercises and listening to you know the instructor i was the but you out, had a knack for hockey so it yeah. kind of all spilled out at, well, in that's the, the same thing. way at the this, end this thing it was when i was learning hockey and hockey was quick and the martial arts was very slow. Yeah. I mean, it was like so damn slow. I was like literally drawn to the walls because paint was drying faster. Like, you, had, you had ADHD and I don't lack know, of, lack I don't of know, hockey. I don't know what I had. I mean, at the time, yeah, because I, I, treat, I treat those physical, de physically demanding endeavors where you get up, you're expected to move, you're expected to like be on the balls of your feet and fucking do stuff. And use your Achilles heel and like do all these things. I was expecting a whole different thing when the whole martial art, like the beginning of martial, like being a, I don't even know what it was. It was like my family took me to something. I couldn't tell you if it was Taekwondo or if it was karate or and if it was whatever. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what it was. And, you know, speaking as, you know, I, can, I still consider myself a martial artist, even though I don't practice the way I should. But at the end of the day, you know, like you've got good teachers and you've got bad teachers and you got, you know, the subject isn't actually the important part. The important part is how it's translated from the person that knows it to the person that doesn't. I know, because it's amazing listening to things like, the Joe Rogan experience and just the variability of episodes where how he, how any conversation on that, on that show is talking about things like MMA and the UFC. 
and Rogan. And I'm like, damn, dude. Like, I had no idea it was this just interesting and from a from a psychological standpoint because. And Rogan wouldn't be the person that he was. Sorry. I just took it apart. Forgive me, folks. Rogan wouldn't be the person that he was if he hadn't gone to a good school. And he went to a good school that. And I'm talking about a Taekwondo school. You know, I'm not talking about high school. He went to a good Taekwondo school in Boston, I believe. And from there, he was able to flourish. And if if it had been, you know, a run-of-the-mill school, maybe he he would have still done well, but he he wouldn't have the 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 teachings that he had he wouldn't have had the curriculum that he had and you know i've seen it in first person like my best friend growing up and i've told you multiple times you guys remind me of each other in different ways but like my best friend growing up he was he was a national black belt sparring champ in taekwondo when he was 16 Whoa. And like that's impressive. He and I can, you know, like we can still give each other a run for our money because A, we know each other's tricks, but you know, there's different styles too. But also at the same at the end of the day, like he started at one school where, you know, it was it was nationally syndicated shitty it was like the mcdonald's of taekwondo and he started there and that place closed down at least as part of the franchise and then it got taken over by this couple the female was straight from fucking korea like barely spoke English and her husband was from around here and they're like, yeah, we want to start a Taekwondo school. They were both black belts. Like he was, you know, she was like approaching her, you know, grandmaster and he was like a sparring specialist. So like my buddy, you know, went from like, learning like this milk toast, you know, bullshit taekwondo. They closed down, switched hands, got taken over by these two, and all of a sudden, like in two to three years he went national. Like at sixteen, you know, just black belt holy cow kicking people in the back of the heads. And like <laughs> and other black belts, you know, not just like yeah. you know yeah. So yeah, it and it's interesting you bring up the the hockey piece. Well, they're they're so close. They're so they're close, so close. But it is also like there's so much martial arts to hockey. That's so interesting to hear, and I'm absolutely that's like, been my fascination with it my entire life. I appreciate that component of it because the interesting fact is combat in general from all these different perspectives and vantage points. Even when there's no combat, there's the flow. There's the flow, exactly. That's... There's an art to all these yes. things, and I can appreciate yeah. the art. So 
we'll take a quick break on the note of appreciating art and all the good stuff that comes with it the zen of sports the zen of sport you gotta you have to pee i have to pee i gotta do a bunch of stuff i gotta yeah i gotta (laughs) evacuate all right we'll be right back ladies and gentlemen thank you if you're in the central Vermont area and you're looking for a special souvenir to take home and share with your friends and neighbors, Ambient Fermentary's got you covered. Handcrafted from our hives to your glass, Ambient Fermentary produces craft batches of honey wine from the heart. As humble participants of a greater community of life, they wanted to offer something simple and refreshing. Most people consider mead to be too sweet. And we agree. Too much of anything produces its counterpart. That's why they brought back the oldest fermented beverage in a bold way. By using the fruits of the world in moderation. In other words, dry meads are their thing. And in this expression in particular, the dry table Melomel, we used fresh cranberries and lemon juice in its primary ferment, bringing fruity and acidic notes to the party that pairs well with almost any home-cooked meal and good company. Enjoy chill. Cheers. Humbiant Brewery. <laughs> Thank you. It's, uh, yes, Humbiant Fermenter. I fucked although, it up. I knew I fucked it up. Although, I will add, so Humbiant very fermentary. close, very close to coming to full production in this uh, endeavor there. Humbiant, so if you're in the central Vermont area, you could potentially buy this drink at your local sunflower natural food store um the waterbury village market um the waterbury um wine and beer crossroads yeah crossroads yeah quite a few others uh the roots in middlesex uh there's another one the local i think right by right across from red hen um more importantly, if you're not in this area and you'd like to try some, shipping will actually be available. I don't know if it will. You know? I don't know. I don't know if it will. I'm kind of thinking, like, you know, no, if you want to... No free shipping. Yeah. <laughs> definitely not free shipping. We'll put it that way. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to actually get into it with... By being my own distributor. Start locally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I can't really, I can't really ship unless I have that distribution license, I'm pretty sure. So that's a whole nother thing. I can do farmer's markets, which I have contemplated. I have, I have a very enthusiastic family with apparently lots of, you know, potential like time on their hands and a specific window of whatever if they want to try and sell that they also have this retreat that they're working on so a little micro plug to that kumari of the woods she keeps nagging me about wanting to be on the podcast too and i'm like mom i'm not gonna put you on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) like isn't that isn't that doesn't that cross the line oh god i can't imagine having my mother on the fucking podcast yeah can you imagine having one's mother 
on uh, the podcast. Our Jesus potty, Christ. our potty mouths, man. Like my I'm, mother doesn't even know what a podcast is. She's like, "Are you doing your radio show this weekend?" Well, that is the interesting fact: is that a lot of folks in that demographic will just look at. Like I've told told people in that demographic, like it's like the future of radio. Yeah. I think of it as the future of radio. It's, you know, it's radio, but on the internet. Yeah, let's put it that way. I guess you know if if yeah. you have to break it down, but it's still like. Yeah, like W. What, what did you what What did you say it was? WPTZ? No, <laughs> it's none of that. I never said any of that. You heard that last night on the fucking news. It's the BBCR. Yeah, totally. Like just yeah, we're 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 good with that. The little acronym, um, because this is mostly just you know it's a platform to share our own personal experience with things. And my recent um, process has been, so I went to the fucking Home Depot. I cracked, I caved. I first went to Lowe's. Home, home Dopey. I first went to Lowe's and they didn't have what I needed. And so me and the wife, we we regrouped, contemplated, okay, we can look at it here or we can look at it here so i decided on home depot and ended up getting a pretty good deal of course you have to finagle things like the crowd on memorial day weekend to get what you need and then problem solve in the moment if okay if i were to get this smorgasbord and get them to cut it in half will it fit in my car absolutely (laughs) so come to find out after checking out, after the wife pulled the car up front, very gracious for that. Can't imagine how much worse this day could have gone if I fucking hauled Damn it all the way to the fucking car. Fucking fit. Only to find out it didn't fit. Ugh. So I'm like, the wife is ready to kill me because she decided to contradict her intuition for the fact that she knew, apparently, and she told me this in the aftermath, that I knew it wouldn't fit. And, oh, uh, well... I was and, hoping to think a little positive today. Stood there and said <laughs> nothing. I I just went with it, you know. Out of all the times you decided. But the to funny just thing is, so did. the whole time on our way to the home department store, we were contemplating the actual strategy we were going to use because what we needed these these materials for was to construct a box or an elevated like platform for me to stand on because the sink in the uh, Humby on fermentary, it needs to be at a certain level in order to tie into the main and uh, allow the P trap to, you know, flow properly. I know exactly <laughs> what it feels like to not have it flow properly. Let's put it that way. I've had a go run at my fucking toilet and that pipeline. So I'm ready to strangle somebody. But um, basically, got the material realized cinder blocks are not as cheap as they were five years ago and holy shit i have to scramble and figure something out so we subsidized the cost of buying literally the quote was 36 because we quoted we cut the original quote in half it would have been 72 but it was 36 cinder blocks to fill the void of creating this platform for my to stand on to operate the sink that goes into it so we had to elevate that platform. 
Originally, we were going to buy a box or build a box with two by fours and lumber and whatnot. Decided to go. Would have been a lot cheaper. Well, I don't know because lumber has been high and I don't know. I feel like cleaning wise, cleanliness wise, less rotting if we go with concrete over. Because historically, cinder blocks are cheap and you'd think like, oh, I could fill up space enough to stand on with cinder blocks and just them on their side. They do last forever. So we pivoted and we went with a five layer piece of plywood that doesn't have like all the weird stuff on it. Like it's a smooth, solid board. Got it cut in half, found out both halves do not fit in their new uh, inherited dimensions in the back of my rig. So my wife is having to basically deal with this uh, mistake by walking across the street to Walmart, purchasing a couple ratchet straps, a set. And Which is a cheap fix. Yeah. 25 bucks. Totally. Like yeah. I'll reuse them. Why not? Oh yeah. My ratchet rig, straps are invaluable. And my rig, my rig didn't have any of They're, that except for this weird bungee shit that I could have always up, but... keep a couple ratchet straps in your car. Yeah. Always. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you I, never I, know when something's going to go wrong and a little yeah. tension can fix it. But even then we needed something else to It'll at least buffer. get you home. We needed something to buffer for sure. Uh, the top. Yeah. The roof. So she got noodles, of course. Right. So I'm, you know, they even matched, which is cool. <laughs> like the neon look to the ratchet straps themselves or the straps and then the neon noodle to go with it, the green. Because uh, I'm a cheapskate. I didn't upgrade my CRV. Did it on purpose. Yeah. Fucking dollar store fix. But. It turned out to, so that, in that respect, it turned out to be glorious, but it was just one thing after another and all kind of stemmed from me taking my own opinion about stuff, maybe a little too seriously. Like the uh, fact that how do I explain this? It's, it goes back to, I think putting yourself in the right keel to start your day. And lately I've been cultivating a morning routine that is totally like the best I've felt lately. And then you take that one little component that's associated with that routine, such as the type of dish soap that you're using, for example. And now you have to change up your entire protocol. And this causes... How's the dish soap part of your routine? It's I do the dishes in the morning. Okay. Generally speaking. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And this, so there's this new product out there that I am not, I was a fan of at first because the concept, the, um, just the overall like mission and the, like they mean well, uh, cause it's a bar. It's not like liquid dish soap that you're used to the perfect ratio for a very particular type of sponge that you've used over the years that you've developed muscle memory over like peripheral muscle memory so it's like the most sensitive of whatever you can sense when something is off pretty easy at that point and anyway turned it in i i sort of lost my marbles and um i don't know 
drew it back to like this whole virtue signaling, reinventing the wheel type crap, you know, because we're surrounded by it. Like at work, like I have IT. Some of it makes sense and some of it doesn't, you know, at the end of the day. But just to throw it all under the same umbrella does not make sense. Yeah. And so it triggered this whole idea of like this paperless world, this scheme that. Which would be great, but it's that's impossible. It's impossible, but it's also like it's not even relevant because we've cracked the code by now. You, you can use bamboo and the origin of paper to begin with was right, hemp. Right. And if, so hemp, you go with a hemp hemp agriculture, bamboo agriculture, wherever we, you're we've proven that an acre of hemp can provide like twenty times the amount of paper that an acre of anything else can. But then like I'm I'm a proponent of like things like plastics and tires and medicines. So like the fact that yes, I get oil is involved, but first of all, we're burning it. Second, we can we can reassess, we can pivot in a different way, simply a different way and look at even just hemp oil in uh you know, just to replace historically the, the people would that have done that have ended up dead though. Yeah. You do risk your life when you have these radical ideas. Yeah. I mean, we could use hydrogen the same way we could use a oh bunch boy. of, we could use a bunch get, of things I the get, same way. Yeah. I want to get Jody on right. this podcast to you know, talk about some serious shit about like motors and fuel, how we fuel our motors and generators. There, and, there was a hydrogen motor that was proposed back in the 1970s and it was guaranteed to last a million miles and provide you know all the horsepower all the torque everything you needed everything you expected from a motor last a million miles guaranteed yeah and i wonder who shut that down it was bought by volvo and Somebody's never, never saw the light of day. Yeah, it's crazy how much privilege, like being in the information age, we've actually probably been in it longer than we think because certain information's been actually hidden from us. So by the definition- The internet itself has been around longer than most people know. So yes. Yeah. And it goes back to Hashgraph where we started on the idea that we're going to probably- once Hashgraph actually becomes a licensed thing, they probably won't even call it that because they'll probably put some spin on it or a company a company will absorb it and do its own version of it on society so that it can sell data or whatever it wants to peddle. It's already happening. Yeah. In a lot of respects, it has. But this is, again, this patented technology, this equation that was cracked by Lehman Baird in the Hashgraph model, it it defies what we think of as the internet itself. So when you think about it, it's when you hear interviews with the creators and and the proprietors of this stuff, you hear things like, it's what the internet would have been if it allowed it to continue to evolve in the mid-90s in the first place. Because it would have come to the point where computers can communicate with X amount of computers simultaneously using very little bandwidth or on a in well it's it's, th- it's throughput is through the roof it's literally. a system of systems designed to work within themselves 
Yeah, and it 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 claims, and I know Bitcoin, and it's you know, uh, um, fuck, what's fucking <laughs> goddamn it, help me out. The uh, the blockchain, blockchain, DTM, distributed ledger technology, DL DLT, the DLT. Sorry, the DLT claims to have achieved uh, what's called um, Byzantine fault tolerant, and it mm. it claims it now and it can technically achieve it but by the virtue of how the system is created it forks and all of a sudden you have a delay and the system slows down so therefore you don't have instant consensus because it's changing in microseconds right so what you need is a gossip protocol which is what hashgraph cracked that's the code that it cracked was using if we did not have all of the manipulation of for voting, because it started with virtue, uh, virtual voting, gerrymandering, virtual, yeah, you use virtual voting, gerrymandering, and you 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 create a a network of um, units that are plugged into whatever it is, like its server, it's it's a whole because it's a whole. You have to think, you have to rethink of the idea of a network to begin with. Because it's all of the computers are communicating with each other. There's a there's a brilliant film or not film, but show out there called um, Oh man, Person of Interest. Have you seen this? Mm -mm. So it's a it's about a uh, it's the guy from like Ben from Lost is in it. He's like the main character if you're into Lost or anything. Never watched Lost. Yeah, either. that's all right. Um, but it's this brilliant. Um, essentially like computer scientist who develops a program um, to tap into all these. Ben's the big guy with the fro. <laughs> no. no, no, no. He's like this scrawny dude. Um, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't, didn't mean to. I don't know how to describe it. He's kind of like, I don't know. He looks really like swaggly. Like he's kind of a character. But he's like this wicked, nerdy, smart dude. He can play a pretty good, you know. He, uh, anyway, he, him, and and it's like Jim Caviezel, who's in it, who's like the macho dude who's like off to like reinvent his life and like um, use his skills in any by any means necessary to to do so. And so he gets into like the that's where the script goes into more of a action-packed uh feature where you know this whole idea of the computer element to it is fascinating because it talks about how it can tap into any microphone any video camera uh on any device anywhere as long as it has you know access to it which through you know some of the hacker technology or whatever and that technology tactics. absolutely exists for sure yeah so it's like when it came out it's like oh shit well of course we're we've been doing this for years it's just now it's like the public can see it and it goes back to don't things like don't look up and avatar and the matrix is like why are these things even created in the first place it's because they've already been done and they've been done so successfully that you could actually create an actual fiction or a fictitious narrative out of it to construct reality itself. And some would, some would call it what's called 
revelation of method where, mm. you know, the, the powers that be that are dictating it, you know, for whatever reason, for whatever benefit that it might serve to absolve them of any universal karma or guilt, you know, they they provide this thing called revelation of method where they basically tell you what they're doing and how they're doing it. And if you don't realize it and go out of your way to culminate a stop to it, then they win. And it's guilt-free because it's on us at that point. Yeah. It's... Uh... We really do have to make an active decision about buying into the information at hand or whether we're going to actually take a moment to question. What you take in, be it informational or nutritional, is what makes you. And yeah. if you're taking in bullshit, then you're eventually just going to grow into a giant bullshit silo and it's fine people will still love you but maybe yeah yeah because when when we get enough information at our disposal we have we need to do something with it we're self-referencing beings by definition so whatever that is from that place in time we're gonna take it to some degree maybe it's for the next few months we'll take it seriously for the next few weeks or days we'll take it seriously and as long as it works for us we're going to continue using it so when you have a situation in place where you think you know better than the generations before you because our time span lifespans are so damn short we take that for granted and it becomes a liability on our own consciousness because we cannot see outside of that to begin with and if, this, that, if that makes sense especially in first world countries like ours where most of our history is not passed on anymore through talking to our our you know older relatives through oration you know that's that's how our history has been spoiling that's how our history has been passed you know up until the last 200 years, up until, you know, the Gutenberg Press, up until, you know, mass circulation of text. Prior to that, it was all through, you know, just, you know, relatives talking to relatives. And we don't do that anymore. It's like, we get we get together at a, a fucking family event or, you know, some sort of function. All the old people are talking to, you know, their friends and or, you know, like their kids and their kids' friends, but their kids are pushing 60 now or, you know, at least 50. And then you look at all the kids of those people and they're off in the corners you know, just off on their devices, you know, they're not present at all. Like, there's the the 
tradition of oration, the passing down of history through, you know, one generation talking to the next is near dead. I know, man. It's so sad when it comes to that oral tradition of being able to just have an attention span beyond the fact that you have an opposable thumb to digest information through pixels and like cheap headlines and all these things that they use to draw you in with Clickbait. like yeah. just put it put the damn thing down if any if any individual at this stage in our development has their phone in their hand in front of their grandparents you should question every single thing they fucking talk about unless they're taking a picture yeah, I want to qualify that for sure. If they're taking a picture of their family that's standing right in front of them, then sure. Yeah. That's that's a great excuse. But aside from and that. And it's just, it's an, aggr- it's an assertive way of saying like, son of a bitch. Like, but none of these kids' parents are willing to, you know, step in and be like, put your fucking phone away, you know, like, and appreciate your grandparents while they're still here. Yeah, because I think... Go and meet your cousins because, right. you know, unless they're friends with you on Facebook, you're not going to fucking know them. Like, when it comes down to it, <laughs> yeah, I know, I, 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 had to, I had to break it to my mom the other day because she's obsessed with Facebook and shit, and Facebook post, she'll post anything at this point. And, and so that's, that's, you know, she's a boomer. Yeah. So she loves it. Like, I'm not taking that away at all. Right. She doesn't understand I don't even think the she'll implications. Li- she, I, don't, I, I doubt she'll even hear this. because She she's doesn't so... understand the dark implications involved. Yeah. But I had to break it to her and be like, you know, those aren't actually your friends, right? And it was funny because she actually, she knew that on some level. You're like, how but many she of almost these people didn't have even want to. She didn't even want to admit that really these person are not really her friends. Probably even something that she'd considered before, but didn't want to actually fully Probably. explore. Yeah. So uh, that's that's my again. That's my cheap, fucking low blow to the fucking gut of these things. It's the, not a it's cheap not, low blow. You're doing that to your mom because you care about her. Yeah. She needs to know the truth. <laughs> if my mom was on Facebook right now, I'd be goddamn terrified. She doesn't know how to send a text. And, uh, like, at times right. I'm like, right. this is really frustrating, but thank God she doesn't know how to. She doesn't even know what the fucking internet is called. She wow. calls it, like, uh, you know, do I put this up on the WWW? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you The WWW. I you love know? that. It's like the Vince Vaughn intern. Have you seen the, the internship? On- the online. The whatever. online. <laughs> yeah. And it's like. You're, on the line. You're adorable and yeah. stay this way. Just put it on the line. Yeah, yeah. Speaking right. of hash speaking right. of hashgraph, right? Fucking hashgraph. Yeah, that talk about the line. I mean, it's literally like a fucking uh it almost looks like a conveyor belt of nodes. It's fascinating, dude. You should check this out. Hashgraph. Yeah. Anyone out there listening and is interested in any of this shit about whether or not we're headed towards a singularity. Look at look this shit up because We're this in is it right now. Well, that's I know that's AI. been that's been the fucking jokes. Right, the jokes on me. Right, jokes on me. I'll I'll take it. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Uh, and you people, shut up. That's okay. I'll take it. I'll take it in the chin or whatever. The that's racist. But anyway, 
is it? <laughs> well, that's a whole nother piece, right? Because we talked before we turned the microphones no, on. No, you said chin. <laughs> okay. Okay, I got it now. Yeah. Thank you. I'll take it in the chin. Nice. Jesus. Yeah, I'm I'm so ignorant to any of those like ridiculous claims. I'm just so no, numb. No. Ignorant is not what you are. You might be your your I just don't shelter, even go I don't even go not there. the word naive isn't the it's word. Like, it's ignorant like, isn't the word. It's like It's fascinating it's like because you're, you're so pure of a person look like, at look at the person in because, the eye before you look at their skin color yeah like right isn't that isn't yeah, that the whole idea I mean, well and yeah like there's there's so much to look at like you a blind person you ever met a blind racist i have a buddy with one eye does that count no i met him and yeah he was born with both if he was born with that just one, mm-hmm. still wouldn't count. But <laughs> um, no, like no, yeah, full blown. Like, you ever met a blind racist though? Like, no, never. Right, fucking Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder. They didn't know they were black until some racist prick told them. You know, I know. Isn't that funny? Like the the whole thing with like visualization of how we depict certain individuals like even slur like you won't even catch on if yeah. you were born blind if you had if you had no reference frame for if, if you these were blind slurs if you were blind and you were of some you know ethnic ethnic minority that was picked on you know ripped apart if you know if somebody wasn't touching you saying hey you you know but they're like, hey, you, blah, 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 or hey, you, blah, blah, blah. You wouldn't even know they were talking to you, you know? Right. Unless, yeah, somebody, unless somebody told you. Sometimes they can sense that shit, which is fucking wild. Dude. But I'm, I'm saying. They if, can sense you pointing. Like, it's amazing. He, it's mean, like some like shit out of like Star Wars where you can see without your eyes. And you get just like tapped into. It's like, because. In a way, it's it goes back to how we're so over endowed with technology and information. They're, like the eyes, the eyes take in so much information. In, their intuition gets raised, you know. They and you know not only that, but like unless they're deaf too, like their hearing is very, very above adequate, you know, honed in, and so yeah, like you know they're they're able to here in three conversations you know within 20 feet of them you know if somebody's talking about them it's like right but also because your inner radar is going to pick up on that also quickly yeah and and let's let's also you know reverse 70 years back and say you're a black man with with that disability you know like all of a sudden you hear somebody talking about you, you know, out of like three or four conversations in the room and you have the general direction that it is, but the animosity in the voice, it's like, it's like, oh man, uh, that might, 
be coming my way or it might not, you know? Right. It's like, there's less of that now. We just have no idea what people who can't see go through. Even Like, like we have no way of like even conceiving of that. In a way, it's like, this goes back to. It's an entire different perception, an entire different world. And it takes a lot of discipline and self-reflective exercise to put yourself in not only another person's shoes, but another, like, I want to pull it back Ability. to. Ability. Let's not call it disability. Let's call it a yeah. different set of ability. Yeah, because, like, I don't want to reduce it to the fact that, like, okay, no, this is, no. like, a whole different animal. But what if, so there are bugs that see... Now you're relating through... blind people to bugs. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, I'm just okay, you. I'll take it. Oh. <laughs> well, beautiful. I just, I, <laughs> I'm on a you roll today. That. Yeah, I, I, that. I fell right into that hole, didn't I? Oh. He's not, ladies and gentlemen. I swear, I, oh my good faith, that I have the best intentions when I say this because. When it comes to if you sensory... Try, if you try and powder it up too much, then they're going <laughs> to think that you're guilty of something, so... Well, yeah. Um, I don't want to, yeah, make any excuses. Anyway, I didn't mean to cut you well, off. Well, it's just, it goes back to different, like, different um, biological um, uh, intelligence. Like Trait, it goes, like, traits, necessities. I, I would go back to yada, when you yada. said biology isn't logical or nature isn't logical i think was mm. the point because no i said nature is logical okay i'll have to listen to the play all right I, maybe it's my ears i'm sorry nature is not <laughs> fair but it's logical yeah yeah because i would argue it is logical and i think yeah. there's a certain bio logic pretty sure i said logical if i didn't then sorry folks that's okay this term biologic was proposed by simon powell which I encourage anybody, any of our listeners, to check out the psilocybin solution. Uh, uh, what is it? The other one, the Darwin one, with in the title, Darwin's unfinished business. I think is the next one, and and he he actually created a whole like, um, psilocybin cubensis or psilocybin mushroom, like, not field guide, but like a guide for like tripping i believe unless that was paul stamets i could be mistaken i know there's a third book by simon powell but he he got into this idea of nature and biology being logical don't don't lose yourself in the ology part logic and ology are two separate parts definitely i don't want to is the study of and logic is a formulation of but isn't it also at the root of why we study in the first place? Because when and we to study understand things, something, yeah, yes. and we use logic, yes. our logic of the time, our logic of logic how we to make something to make a mystery logical to us. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So that part of nature that again is part of this dynamic whole that seeks equilibrium um, over time would stand to reason that. There is kind of a logical formula to this. Absolutely. Like it, it actually has Absolutely. some kind of a, a reasoning behind it. So it, it stands to reason that. So I get it. If you're a scientist and you're into like the scientific method, that's all very well 
for sure. But I think we have to recognize how science has its limits because of its language. And its language needs to basically take it to that next level where it, it actually validates things like DMT, meditation, brainwaves, um, natural intelligence by any means necessary. Like the fact that by virtue nature is intelligent, that it has a logic to it, that it has a formula to it, can qualify as a science. And all you have to do is just see the problem is we have too many professors that are of retirement age and they simply cannot settle down because the dollar is being devalued to such a degree where they have to work that much harder just to stay above water because they're either highly leveraged or they cannot survive without an income. So and you have of- all these grumpy like professors who don't want to adapt to the new science that's out there because of their the fact that they cannot quit their jobs or well, retire. They're also being paid more and more to push this old science that we know now more and more to be not true. Yeah, it very well could be a conspiracy. I don't want to... It's not that it's necessarily a conspiracy. I mean, anytime two people get into a room and decide to deceive any group of other people, that's technically conspiracy. That's mm-hmm. the definition of the word. Yeah. To breathe together. Yeah, because to it goes conspire. back to... Exactly. It goes back to um, respiration. And and then, you know, the, the term conspiracy theory goes back to two days after... JFK got shot in the fucking head and they're like oh anybody that questions the official narrative is a conspiracy theorist and that term was created by our our friends the Christians in action you know mm-hmm. do your acronym math you see hey now we're not we're not going to we're not going to continue to feed you breadcrumbs forever Yeah, no, this is all real, real shit. And it deserves some validation in the sciences, I think, and the arts for that matter. Because I think that there is an art to it. It goes back to the fact that martial arts, like in a way, all you have to do is hijack that part of ourselves where we start to turn on each other. Martial arts. I was thinking about this today. And I'm not saying martial arts is a practice of turning on each other, but it no, is the no, art of combat. Quite that, the opposite. Yeah, exactly. I, I just want to qualify that, but please go on. I'm sorry. I was thinking about this today. Yeah. And uh, the podcast I was listening to, they were talking about like their favorite live sporting events. And a couple of them brought up MMA. And I was thinking to myself, you know, like, Martial arts is, you know, at least in a a fair form fight, you know, like you've got judges, you've got witnesses, you've got, you know, a ring, you've got people that will stop you. That's basically the oldest sport we know. know, Everything else delved out from there. Yeah, because I wanted to bring this up on the podcast um, before. And I want to start asking some of our guests this once we go there, because fighting in hockey. Yep. So 
back right back to time or just hockey, hockey in general the flow of it the flow but like there's a very interesting kind of there's an interesting divide it's a combative sport but it's also very fluid so if you're an audience member yeah do you like seeing the fighting uh, uh, they've they've they tried getting rid of it in the NHL yeah. in the last few years, right. and they weren't able to because, yes, everybody now, why wants is... the ability for that fight to happen. They know they're not necessarily rooting for the fight to happen, but yeah. if it comes to that, they don't want it to be stopped. Right. Well, to it's be part fair, of the sport they grew up with. One of the one of the main reasons why there is still fighting that goes on is because I think it comes back to... And you're a hockey player from way back. Well, not even that far back. I mean, even... I mean, you played even, in beer leagues. You, you, you were... <laughs> you, yeah. You could have you could have gone pro at a certain point. From it, Well, the, thank you. That, well, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, like, I could have gone pro martial arts at a certain point, but, you know, yeah. it would have been a short-lived career and well, probably yours as it's well. It's funny because playing with ex-pros really put me in the sense that like, damn, like I really, if I was 10 years younger, I could totally do this like way better than any of these dudes. And I'm not saying that to be cocky. I'm just saying that just to be honest that like, but man, if I really missed my window. By the time you were saying that, you know, right. you were like, if I was 10 years younger, that would put you at what, 17? Um, yeah, 18. I mean, it was around 29, 28. I started to right. skate so, with, with some of the really fast leads. And there's, there's the crux gamata of the whole thing is that, you know, like, it's like, if I knew, if I knew then what I know now, I could totally do this. Yeah. There if, was a little bit of If you had that. the wisdom of what you have currently and the physical ability of what you had then then yes, you know, like, and, and that goes, that goes for just about everything, but it also, it also goes to the whole old saying of, you know, treachery will overcome youth any day in the sense of, you know, like your, your older veteran players of any sport, Mm -hmm. they're always going to have that little advantage over, you know, the younger, faster guys. In that they they know the tactics, they know, you know, the ins and outs. They know when to zig instead of zag. Mm. And, you know, they're going to take those small advantages and they're going to utilize them every chance they get. Whereas the younger guys, they're still learning that shit. They've got the speed, they've got the power, but they don't have the wisdom. Right. When you... I feel like when I started to develop a true appreciation to like, there was a certain level to my playing ability that clicked. It was, it was almost like too good to be true, but also like night, it was like night and day. It was like, you, there's no going back from the way I used to think of this game and the techniques I use now. Cause I've been, I, it's like you develop this relationship with it as a game and it's, 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 I mean, it's like, in a way it's like, how old were you when that 
clicked for you? Well, I don't know. I was probably, I played, I started skating at like age six or five or something. Um, too young to remember, in fact. I, I have very vague memories on the ice with skates as a young one. And I played, you know, Adams, Mites, Squirts, like all of the beginning stages. And then I shifted gears for a while and played basketball. It was my winter sport. It's crazy. I don't even know the stages, even though, like, if I could have, even from a young age, like, I I wanted to play hockey as a team sport, but I, our school never had the, you know, option of it. Yeah. But, like, and it can get hearing all is, those different by the stages. Time, yeah, and funny. by the time you get up to peewees, it's full, full contact, and that was where I basically... How old's that Puss, start? I pussied at? out. What age does peewees typically start at? Um, what is peewees? So I was eight in squirts. So like nine, ten years old is peewees. And that's when the, that's when kids start hitting. Yeah, is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean intentionally, like with intention, well, you yeah. start to perfect the art of like how you do it, but don't get the other kid injured. Nope. because you're just kids out there. So it starts relatively early. But see, I never got into that and. Now I can appreciate enforcers all the more because being the age that I am and the fact that I've had cheap shots and there was an enforcer there to protect me, I can fully appreciate and the all fighting. They, all they do is they come in and they give a, a quick shoulder check. And or yeah, a, and it's mostly like the yep. guy. So fighting occurs as it's like you got to th- go back to like it's almost like, you know, there's there's politics in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. There's like, po- but, but but also there's it's it's a team sport so yeah. But it's chess moves. Right. So it's like when you think about it the enforcer is a necessity Brazilian jiu-jitsu but with chess moves. Yeah. It when you think about it it's almost a necessity to have an enforcer because you have a guard against some of your best most like Elite players, a de incentivizer of sorts, somebody to basically step in that isn't a referee that isn't wearing stripes, and somebody that can, yeah, to say that is not okay. Don't you ever do that again, and I'll show you what happens if you do it again. God, and and, you know, going all the way back to like the first Mighty Ducks, like I think, like, I got my you know, last few growth spurts after that movie, but I also realized I'm like, man, I'm never going to be an enforcer. I'm always going to be like one of the smaller, faster guys that relies on the enforcers. And yep. And so it's it's a role that almost chooses you. Like, did, oh, Fulton, yeah. well, did Fulton Reed or oh, no. whoever the other Bash Brother dude was from like, yeah, yeah. right? Like they fucking, and they such just, good they just roles. embrace that role. Such good role. Yeah. And it worked so yep. bri- so well. I love the structure they, of that story. Right. They they turned Fulton into a from a bully into, you know, like one of the heroes of the team. You know? Oh, dude, he was like a fucking rock star. Yeah. And then when he showed up in, in the third sequel, it was like, whoa, now here's some life. Oh, I don't team. even remember that. Got, You're going to make me cry. Stop he got, it. Dude, he got penalized for some bullshit oh, penalty, and then he went into the penalty box and fucking stripped 
like stripped his fucking clothes off in the penalty box. I'm getting steamy here. The dude is like, dude, he's a rock star. So like shit like that, dude, it's like it not only is a performance, but that performance has an impact on the team's momentum. So like you can shift. That's the thing. How you know how they say the point system in UFC is is bullshit because you can end the fight through a KO at any point. Well, that's oh. Cause it's, it's amazing. I was I, you can sh- in the, the same way this, you can the same podcast I was listening to earlier today. They were they went from talking about hockey to UFC and how oh, that's interesting and how like one of the main differences between ho- uh boxing and UFC is uh in between round scoring, you know, and mm-hmm. how you know they judge the rounds between the rounds. Yeah, and why it wouldn't work in UFC, and one of the big reasons is it's like in boxing, say you know like one guy wins, say it's a five round fight, and at the end of round four, one guy has won all those other rounds. In boxing, they'll call that a win. But in UFC, they don't do five-round fights. They do, I believe, three, five, or whatever else. Ten, something. But if they were to score it that way, because it's a different sport. So, say one guy won four rounds. In UFC, that other guy, the one that's lost the last four rounds, but he's still got one to go, he still has a shitter's chance of mm-hmm. winning the fight. Right. Because it can win it. Right. It can it can go any second. Any second. And, and right. so going back to even the enforcer's role. It's either role, a knockout or you, a submission. Yeah. If you, sub, if you, if you can play the mental game, well enough you can actually take control of the game itself and this is this is kind of the point major major plug to anybody interested in the debate between should there be fighting in hockey should there not i'm not necessarily saying one way or the other i'm not even trying to convince you that debate's been closed out for a long i feel like it has 100 percent. and so i'd just like to offer our listeners it it wouldn't be a sport if it hadn't been i would like to offer our listeners a little insight here with respect to a production that was primarily publicized on Netflix, but I don't know where it is now. You could check it out. It's uh, called um, Ice the Ice Guardians or Ice Guardians. Was it a net? Was it a Netflix production? I, I believe it was, and it was then a documentary. It should be. It's. I, I believe it was. Anything that's produced by Netflix is always going to be on Netflix. And I can't remember if it was specifically or not. I think it was, but I can't be sure. Anyway. Ice Guardians, fantastic documentary. It really cuts to the chase with respect to social dynamics and even experiments in sociology. Like it talks about dynamics of how, in any given group of a certain size, a certain percentile will accept the role of jokester, leader, enforcer. Like there's there's this play of of opposites and dynamics that all go into social 
uh, habitat. I've and seen being, myself fall into family, those roles at, at being certain a, points. Being a you know? family. So it's when you're when you're true. so listen when you're a family, you have those traits within any any given moment. Those traits are present already because nature again is intelligent. It has a way of sort of weeding through anything at hand just to preserve its function. Now think about that for a minute because when you have an enforcer in hockey, you have a preservation tactic to keep the team's morale there. Somebody that's willing to sacrifice themselves exactly. for the team. Exactly. Yeah. You will always, always, always have that. And the referees yeah. and the league any Cons- good team has that person. Yeah. And I Any respect good team. I respect the shit out of that because people will sometimes mistake the goons for the enforcers. And Here, I've I've here's, I've here's what seen makes a great, what that looks like. Here's what makes a great team though, is when you have other members of the team that will come together to protect that enforcer. You know, yeah, because they I've, realize yeah. the value. And so you particular exactly if if they're going to multiply on one end, it's going to multiply on the other end. And then you before you know it, you have a brawl. So everyone (laughs) sees it. Everyone sees it as this like black and white, like, oh, this is awful. Look at how violent this is and all this stuff. It's like, wait a minute. Like, if only you could. This is sociology. Yeah. If you could mic those players, every single one individually. You would, I guarantee, I, I dare. You shouldn't have fucked with Charles Yeh. But, but, but. <laughs> I dare any audience spectator to actually deny that fighting is necessary in hockey because they will see who started the fucking fight. I mean, and, and it's, it's the best way. For one, we're talking about a sport where these people launch a fucking metal ring wrapped in rubber at each other at minimum of 80 miles an hour and they didn't even wear fucking helmets until 40 years ago so and and back then the fighting was a lot worse too so like we've come a long way well, we've actually come a long way in the wrong direction because the equipment that they use now on the big in the big leagues, there have been more concussions. <laughs> statistically more concussions since the development of certain uh pieces of equipment that Fal- they've false sense like of el- uh, like elbow pads and shoulder security. pads and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. False sense of security, you know, instead of dodging it, they're just taking it. Well, they're just fucking... they're just going for the hit. Yeah. And and what happens when you're even if you're bigger than a dude, a clean hit could be a headshot. Now, well, the thing is think is... think about what they do in the NFL. You know, like you've got like two hundred and eighty pound guys running at each other. Now, you know, subtract 50 pounds off each one of them, but put them on fucking skates and ice. And all of a sudden they're right. going 10 miles an hour faster. Yeah. Like the trajectory yeah. is a lot more yeah. diminishing so if, than anything. Yeah. And if you beef up, if you beef up the, the, the equipment, it can actually become a weapon. Hmm. So 
because guys are going to hit harder. Yeah. It's just like what they say in the UFC where, you know, like the more they pad out the gloves, the harder the guys hit each other. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. if if it was. So there's got to be there's got to be a balance. Yeah. There's got to be an equilibrium. And that's the enforcer. That is nature's mechanism for the enforcer. We can't just simply rely on the fact that an enforcer is, oh, the, the fighter and, and, oh, fighting's bad. Why is fighting happening? And football has the same thing. They just, they just, you know, pause it in between plays. You know, they cut it short quicker. But football has a yeah. whole fucking line of enforcers. It's called the fucking defensive tackle line. Yeah. You know, I don't even know much about football, but at the end of the day, like, they're doing the same fucking job. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, you have it on a different like if you were to look at it on from a step back see the 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 how these tactics are able to be implemented at scale right and that's that's the whole point of the sport is that whether it's football or hockey you know they're both violent sports they both cause clashes they both you know, you, you see high-impact injuries. But at the end of the day, it's part of the tactics of the sport. You know, like... Yeah, it, you look it at... It wouldn't be a sport if you took that shit away. You look at rugby? Yeah, exactly. R- rugby has its own technical way to do things right. And other... Because if you don't do it right, man, you're, you, you're toast. Like... I mean, rugby's fucking vicious. Yeah, and it takes a true artisan to no helmets, no yeah, to even to first of all comprehend the very flow that goes into that. And because I always said for years, like I was like always getting shit, being like, "Well, this guy doesn't wear a cage. Look at him." But it's like, whoa, no, we're not wearing a cage. Actually, gives you more vision on the in the ice when you're playing hockey, like at that caliper at that speed. And then rugby guys, they they're not wearing nothing. No, they're and, not wearing shit. And they're running head-to-head, head-to-shoulder. And I think fucking, even European football gets underestimated. Because that shit, they're going head-on with each they're other. They're big fucking guys, too. Yeah. You know, like, totally. I want to see I want to see a rugby game. I want to go fucking see one. There's still less CTE that shit is involved fucking crazy. in rugby. You know, there's still less CTE involved in rugby than there is in fucking the last three sport well yeah there's there's less in rugby than there is in mixed martial arts but mixed martial arts and hockey there's less than there is in football mm. it's like that's just proof that the padding is not what it's you know that's not what saves you like, yeah it's technique it's knowing how to right. Go with the flow and seeing how being the, able to do it properly. Seeing how the guys hit each other in rugby, you know, if they got the ball, they fucking they tuck the ball into their chest, they tuck their head into the ball, and they just fucking and yeah, they sure. I'm sure there's a lot more spinal injuries in rugby than there are in hockey, but you've also got you know like you know. 15 guys on each side running as fast as they can head on at each other 
you know, and, you know, most of them are aiming at one fucking person. So, Jesus. Yeah, no, it, like, it's crazy. I wish I was built like a rugby player. If I was built, but if I was, maybe I'd have more of an ego and I'd be a lot more of an asshole. I don't know. But I've maybe met not. I've met some rugby players and they're pretty humble. It almost reminds me of how like cuz how deeply physical Brazilian jiu-jitsu can get and meeting like a jiu-jitsuist if that's even a word <laughs> as yourself it, it or, will my, bro- be or a my brother or my jiu-jitsuist. A jiu-jitsuist. Listen to my fucking goddamn it. Are, are you a jujitsuist? No, I'm just jujitsuist. <laughs> BJJist. A BJJist. I'm just jujitsuist. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Um, like, if you were to ask any of those, I mean, like, like I the general impression because I really want to get into it to like get a sense of what that's like because I can fully appreciate the art of trying to have. A, a defense mechanism, but also have a sense of offense in a way that is like, I don't know, like honorable, I, I guess is the right term in a way. Well, there's no amount of jujitsu that's offensive. It all. Whether whether you're talking Japanese jujitsu where where it started, which is like. That's a combination of like judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You're starting on your feet, but guaranteed 99% of the time both of you are going to end up on the ground. <laughs> yeah. So that Brazilian jiu-jitsu is where one of you starts on the ground already. Gotcha. And the other one gotcha. has to break their guard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, see, I'm learning. I'm learning. My brother, he'll explain some of this stuff to me, and I'm like just trying to keep up, but not feel like I need to take notes. Like just take it in again. Back to that oral tradition, because like you have to describe the fight. You have to describe what happened to you in yeah. order to actually yeah. like have an appreciation for how serious that can be. But at the same time, and just because it's a quote unquote fight doesn't make it. A negative thing you know like two men can fight and they can come out of it they can go into it and come out of it as friends and that's the point of sparring for sure that's exactly but it's like it's like it's like conflict resolution so like in a way but that's also where all of brazilian jiu-jitsu or jiu-jitsu in general starting from a disadvantage no like all all advance in knowledge and capability of it just comes from sparring with, you know, a comfortable partner. You know, somebody that you you know they can challenge and test you, but right. you can also trust them that yeah. they're not going to hurt you. And that's that's where, I mean, most sparring is like that, where, mm-hmm. you know, like, I've, I've been in sparring matches where I trusted the guy, but at a certain point he put me to the test and, you know, he was kneeling on the back of my head while my head was on a stone slab and I I could either tap out or I could roll my head out 
but I had to break my nose to do it. And it was just a sparring match, but I did it. And I ended up winning, you know, because, like, I got out of it. He wasn't expecting that. But that's that's up to what you want, what you are willing to go through. What, and, you know, let's be honest, a broken nose is it's one of the easier fucking uh, yeah. bones to heal. So, well, dude, yeah. And that's where it brings me to this uh, little soundbite here. I want to share this because I think there's a lot to be said with respect to um, people who try and take things a little too far. Maybe, maybe be a little too silly or be a little too, get a little too carried away. So we never hit our kids. You shouldn't hit kids. Well, what, don't you remember how scared you were of your principal when you were growing up? It's because he'd smack you if you were being too silly. Like your parents wanted you to have a principal who would smack you. They took comfort in the fact that they were sending you to a place Letter, every Kenny. day where someone would smack you for them if you were being too silly. Sometimes I see kids these days kind of think like, like what she could say. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah, and... You know, I, like, I, I wish you could still do that too. Well, I know uh, what he was getting at. I can feel. I can feel. Don't that. take your fucking day out on your kids. That's not what anybody's saying. But if they're an insolent little fuck, <laughs> put them in their fucking place because you're the adult and they're not. And if you can't do that, then you probably shouldn't have fucking had kids. You know, like. My mom didn't beat me. Every once in a while, you know, like, if I earned it, she'd smack me. You know, either in the mouth or in the fucking ass. You know, like, once I got a certain age and, you know, she couldn't paddle my ass, she just started smacking my mouth. But there was, there was a point in between the two where if I fucked up, but it wasn't, you know, paddling fucked up, she'd be like, Go sit in the corner. And she expected me to not just sit in this corner. I had to kneel in it. And, you know, she wasn't psychotic enough to ever, like, like I've heard about parents pouring rice on the ground before, you know, the kids do this. Like, my mom wasn't that type of fucking psycho. You know, she was just trying to fucking prove a point. And it's like, very rarely, like, I I did grow up in that era where it's like, oh, just wait until your father gets home. You know, I remember hearing that a couple times. And I, I feel like my generation of, yeah, because I'm a little. That shit don't exist no uh, more. Yeah, no, no, not at all. And not even in my, like, general, like experience of being raised by just my mom. wait until your soy boy fucking fake mustache wearing fucking you know chewy beer drinking dad gets home he's gonna show you what's up yeah who are we threatening people with <laughs> a name anymore you know like, yeah sorry no you're, you're fine that you're right it doesn't exist anymore and um i think it goes it goes kind of without saying, because at this point we're pretty far in. It's part in of that, 
it's it's all part of the social dynamic of like you it's get a, part you get, of the neutralization of the exactly. the the uh, one, nuclear one, family. One side getting know? one side taking it too far, so the pendulum has yet has just it it's bound to swing the other way at some point. So basically, what you have is a household or dynamic that recognizes that discerns how fucked up this is and there has to be something like to do about it basically you got to do something about it at the end of the day most of those families are the ones that are also still reading scripture out of the bible thinking that it's literal you know (laughs) that's the problem is that that generation is still afoot and at large and like the 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 few families there's let's call it 40 percent in this country because there's a giant percentage of the adult population that is religious of one denomination or another so and it all and it all goes back to even what percentage of that is taking it too far or too literal well right but so what when it comes down to it i just i i want to break down the denominations and then work from there so let's let's say 30 to 40 percent of this country is non-denominational as far as religion goes how Amongst all denominations, how they're actually preparing the next generation is what we're talking about. And, you know, beating them isn't necessarily, it's not part of the preparation, quote unquote. But, you know, like, I came from the generation where, you know, like, if your parents didn't put a little bit of fear in you, they weren't doing their job. And if that fear worked, then they never had to do anything other than it, you know? And we're getting to the point where, you know, we're getting to where, we're getting to that generation where we're facing adults that have never actually reach those uh percussions those Mm -hmm. those yeah didn't get a sense of that parameter that was in place so they're taking things maybe a little too fucking liberally or too far lackadaisical however you want to put it perhaps yeah Yeah. i i mean whatever you can fill in the blank on that one because the point is is that without a little bit of regulation and structure to what's happening shit just goes into chaos right and and it gets it goes into oblivion and unfortunately we're getting to a point where a lot of these a lot of the people that are in that group are you know like solidifying and identifying as their own group and they're getting special protections yep so it's you know, like certain privileges, perhaps. Um, you certain name it. Even privileges, even, even protections, certain disadva- right. even certain disadvantages that aren't even just. I mean, good grief! Like there is still something to say about the anti-racist movement, which between you and I is there couldn't be anything more racist 
to begin with because all you're focusing on is either color or orientation. So all, all you have to show for it is the very essence of what racism stems from to right. begin with at that point. But at the same time, there is some merit in understanding, you know, uh, equality, uh, equity, you know, equanimity and things along those lines of where, look, at some point, you just got to look your brother, your sister in the eye and simply be honest. Have you seen have you been through Marshfield lately? I, you know, I haven't been around that neck of so the woods there, for quite there, some time. So not lately. There's this uh, once a year, maybe. There's this hippie couple that owns this house, and on the front of their garage, they wrote "Equity for All," uh-huh. with like a bunch of like flowers and shit, like pointed out of it, and it's like, "Equity for All" is an oxymoron, for one, like. You can say equity or you can say equality for all, but equity for all is, you know, equality for all. It's. Which is a, is a, again, we've heard this before only in so many words. And this goes back to every, every generation thinks it knows best. We've already tried communism. We have already tried it. It doesn't work. How many times do we have to try it? We, How many- we, we as Americans haven't necessarily tried it, but it's been tried in the, in the world, and yeah, it's never worked. It, like, there's countries to this day that are still trying it and yeah. still not working. Right. Like, and-, and, and that's where Marxism leads. Marxism, the best bet of Marxism leads to communism. And communism never works. It's amazing so. how, again, going back to nature and equilibrium, nature is embedded in economics or vice versa. Economics well, is embedded they, in they, nature. They, so they, economic forces. They reflect each other. Economic forces such as even things like, okay, like just look at it from just a social security standpoint. I'm not saying that social security is socialism by you know but it is i mean it's an aspect of socialism it's an approach to it um yes so it's it it comes back to how you are nationalizing certain classes of people their income and by virtue even of that what currency are you issuing it in so pretty soon if that's, those if those pro- so if those promises are actually going to hold any gravity have hold any weight it's it would stand to reason that once we convert over to the special drawing right the SDR of the IMF that those those units of promised income would be in those denominations would be in IMFs or excuse me, not IMFs. SD in SDRs. The more faith excuse we me. put into the IMF, the more I am fucked we are. That's, that's what IMF stands for. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Like world, world, world World Economic Forum, IMF. World government, whatever you want to call it. Trilateral commission. Like they're all they're all the same heads of the seven headed dragon. Well, isn't it? They're all isn't different it, heads of the seven. Isn't it a thing? Dragon. 
Isn't it a thing throughout history that world domination has been the biggest priority of our age? It World domination has always been the goal of the rulers at the top. And the only thing that has kept them from doing it is the fact that we outnumber them so. And in a time right now when they're they're trying to eliminate numbers off the planet yeah we uh we owe it to ourselves to stay vigilant and stay aware that you know maybe some of these voices don't have our best interest at heart yeah, it's a beautiful note to end on because it goes back to any privileged pieces of information that you can access out in the world. You have to begin to question it and ask it for yourself. Is this right for me? I think is what it comes down to it. Because if you get back, if you get really down to the nitty gritty, if you have that freeze frame of, wait a minute, is this truly what I want? I bet you, I'm willing to bet anyone out there listening would question their own motives because in in truth, we all want something different. Well, yeah, and and it's it's not a it's not about is this what I want for me, you know, like we can all have our idealistic views of what the world should be, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of things that shouldn't be. And we're edging closer and closer to those. So at the end of the day, it's more like, is this something that, you know, I can live with knowing that's there? Is this something I can abide with? Right. And if it's not, then, yeah. Like, and... Fortunately, we live in one of the best countries to do that in because we do have a constitution and it still means something despite some of you fucking people. Yeah, because, I mean, that's kind of what I mean by this is the last vestige of our personal freedom that's at stake here because what they're trying to do, by they, I mean the globalists, Oh yeah, what they're trying to do is make us forget about what our founders wanted to pass on to a future generation. Our founders were also probably shills too. We have to keep that in mind. I think there were some aspects to that, but again, it comes back to like the, just follow your nose, follow your heart through the maze because there's so many different directions to take based on what feels right to you. That's always been the game. Always. Yeah, follow your intuition. It changes your so intuition. Often. If you're if you get goosebumps, either you're watching a scary movie or you're in a place where you shouldn't be. So yeah. Yeah. Just recognize that these are signals. Just signals. 
that we need to interpret for ourselves, and the only way to interpret them is from that place of... Or we can keep on ignoring them for another couple generations, and we'll have nothing to worry about. (laughs) Oh, yes, the joke's on us, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that's sad. I know. Calm down. That's that's enough (laughs) of the soundboard, right? No, no, I love the soundboard. I do. I do. I just, you know. I'll ride the highs and I'm going to fucking pitch the lows. Yeah. We, we, I mean, we, we know that there's a certain, yeah. There's always something better around the corner. You just got to find it. We got to make it sometimes too. You know, like it's, it's not necessarily just there. Right. We, uh, we can't give up hope. Hope is uh, hope is one of the things that we as a species can generate ad infinitum. And that means that that's probably one of the reasons why, you know, energy vampires are able to suck off of us is because we can always create hope. But let that also be uh, a reminder that with power with with numbers we uh we can accomplish anything only takes a small amount of dedicated people to accomplish a great task very well said sir i think we're going to close with that All right. Thanks for tuning in, folks, to the BBCR. We'll catch you on the next one. Cheers. Thank you, guys. Love you. Love you.